Ever have this when you're a kid? You're walking down some path and you see a really, really cool rock and you want to pick it up, but it turns out it's like the tip of the rock that goes down a long way and you just can't get it out. Well, last night in Philadelphia, there was, of course, a uh, drunken lack of testosterone-fueled wild abandonment of all social norms and a rapid decay of the remnants of civilization after Philadelphia's team won the Super Bowl. Now, this is the tip of the iceberg. This is the snowflake at the top of the mountain of the snowstorm that may take down everything that we love and treasure. So let's have a little look at what's going on because it may surprise you. Now, first and foremost, of course, Philadelphia is America's longest running one-party town. Yes, it's the Democrats. Philadelphia has had Democratic mayors for 66 years and counting. Boy, that's a It's a pretty long track record of leftist compulsion that makes me even feel young. Now, as far as Democrat versus Republican, left versus right goes, just so you have a kind of bookmark for it, because we'll be talking about this as we discuss the lovely city of Philadelphia, the left has a shorter time preference in general than the right, which is why the left does the things that they do and the right doesn't want them to do the the things that they do. So, for instance, um, the left favors censorship of speech. Now, the right says, well, there's lots of speech out there I disagree with, but if I look down through the tunnel of time, I'm going to see a time where those censorship laws that I advocate for people I disagree with will be used by people who disagree with me to censor me. So, no thanks. I think we'll keep it an open forum. Uh, Democrats uh, tend to say, let's just get rid of all guns because they think that the presence of guns causes crime, where, of course, people on the right say, well, you know, it is the presence of guns that reduces uh, crime because criminals don't like to fight against people who are uh, armed. Uh, In the same way when it comes to just grabbing resources. So the Democrats say, or the left says, let's use the welfare state to give money to the poor because that will make them wealthier, whereas the right says, well, if you take money From people who are more competent, give it to people who are less competent. There are fewer jobs created and you end up with a large population of people dependent on state handouts who are going to vote for bigger and bigger government. Boy, it'd be a shame if that ever happened. Can you imagine? It is what Bastiat a long time ago called the seen versus the unseen, right? So the Democrats love to say, well, we spent $5 million and created 100 jobs. And everyone says, look, there are 100 jobs. Everyone on the left says, look, there are 100 jobs, so we're richer. Whereas people on the right they see what is not seen, which is that the $5 million was taken away from other people who then didn't buy things or save or invest or create jobs. And therefore, there are more jobs missing. And so the seen versus the unseen is the big difference between the left and the right. And we'll talk about that. There's many examples. I think you kind of get get the idea. So after 66 years of being run by Democrats, Philadelphia has the highest rate of deep poverty. That's people with incomes below half of the national poverty line of any of the nation's 10 most populous cities. It has the most poverty of the top 10 as a whole and the most deep poverty as well. The percentage of, I guess, what could be somewhat called adults in Philadelphia who are not looking for work or working is 31%. And that's seven points above the national average, which itself is many, many points above anything remotely sane in a modern society. Now, with regards to something like time preference, shorter time preference, right? So look at unfunded liabilities for pension funds. It's gripping, I'm promising you. So in Philadelphia, 
The unfunded liability for the municipal workers was recently calculated at almost $6 billion. Almost $6 billion. Now, again, when it comes to time preference, the left says, well, let's just pile a whole bunch of benefits in the future for our municipal workers in the here and now. That, that way they won't strike now, whereas the Republicans look down the tunnel of time and say, well, how are we going to pay for that down the road? And um, as leftist ideas have taken hold of Western governments, national indebtedness, of course, have gone up, and national indebtedness is simply refusing to see the unseen in favor of the seen. Now, this, of course, has a lot to do with why Philadelphia is growing, because um, the Philadelphia residents born outside the U.S. in 2015 was 13.1%, and in 1970 it was 6.5%, and of course it's much more multilingual now, which is uh, a, big, uh, a big problem for schools and society and unity and neighborhoods and everything like that. Now, g- good news and bad news time. <laughs> I'll give you the good news uh, first. Philadelphia, seventh highest homicide rate in 2016. But it's no longer the most deadly of the 10 largest cities on a per capita basis. Why is that? Is it because it went down? Well, a tiny bit, but basically it's because Chicago um, had a massive increase in, in murders. So Philadelphia dropped a second, no longer the most deadly of the 10 largest cities in the U.S. on a per capita basis. Now, (sighs) other deferral of gratification news includes the fact that in Philly, (sighs) over 60% of the households are single mom households. (sighs) 60.3% to be be precise. Now, they say single parent households, but we know it's almost all single mom households. Now, that gives Philly the coveted number one spot in single mother household penetration, dare I say, uh, of cities over 700,000 people. Um, Now, Detroit, of course, is in there, which is not exactly something you want to compare yourself to. Now, when it comes to single motherhood, that again is the non-deferral of gratification. Can you hold off on bagging anything with a proboscis uh, until you get into a stable, hopefully married relationship? Is there any possibility you could keep your legs crossed no matter how much you're oozing until such time as you come across a stable, uh, reliable provider who's going to stick around and be a good mentor to your children? Well, if the answer is no, he's got a six-pack, then, and tattoos, and a record, well, you just might be on the left. So what happens, of course, is women bang men who don't stick around, and that's women's responsibility. Men will pretty much have sex with everything. There's a picture online of a toad attempting to have sex with another toad where larvae has e- have eaten her head off. So basically, um, males will bang headless zombies, uh, and I'm sure there's a video game cutscene involved in that in some dark corner of the world. So if you're going to go out and have sex with unreliable men who don't stick around, then you're going to need money for the resulting offspring that you want to keep because why? They bring you money. So there is, of course, massive welfare spending, and that is a failure to defer gratification, another characteristic of the left and of our selected groups in general. If you want to know more about that, check out my presentations on Gene Wars, G-E-N-E Wars, well, on this very channel. Now, it's a funny thing about over 60% of the households in Philadelphia being single mom households. You know, feminists, <laughs> that's so much to say. 
So feminists say, well, we need to get more women bosses in business so that you see young women have female mentors. We need more female scientists and female engineers and female computer programs so that women will understand that they can do those jobs because women can't possibly understand that they can do those jobs if they only see men doing them and therefore they need female role models in order to succeed and flourish. <laughs> now, by that logic, of course, boys need fathers much more so than women need to see female chemists mixing stuff up in the lab. So boys need fathers even more so than women need role models in business and science and other places. But of course, that's really not talked about. Now, boys, of course, don't just need fathers. They need male role models in general. And it is certainly true in Philadelphia, as it is in many uh, cities in both the Union and other Western countries, that boys can very often go for many years without seeing a responsible adult male role model. Well, why is that? Well, they grow up in a single mother household. Now, the single mother might be sleeping with guys, but those guys are not going to be high quality because guys don't want to, high quality guys don't want to spend their resources raising low quality guys, other offspring. That's just kind of the way that it can want to keep your resources, you see, for your own gene pool. You want to keep your resources for your own family. So it is just a conveyor belt of trashy guys rolling through who uh, view the children as an annoying interference in the booty call that they wish to do with the single mom. In school, they have almost exclusively female teachers from here to eternity, partly because, of course, um, because of our cold indifference to masculine needs, feelings, and preferences, we view any man who wants to work with children as a potential pedophile because, well, women wish to keep a tyranny over the shaping of young children's minds so that they can tell everyone about the patriarchy. So they don't really see... Um, quality men in their mom's lives. They don't see fathers around because when you're a single mother, you float down to the bottom layers of the economic packing order where you are generally generally surrounded by other single mothers. It's the matriarchal manners or the boyfriend farms known as Section 8 housing. And so boys grow up without seeing any particular role models. But don't worry, <laughs> don't worry. Um, rap videos and other forms of degenerate portrayals step in to fill in the void. And uh, that's that's going to work out just so well. In America as a whole, only 2% of the teachers are black males. Why? Doesn't that seem like rampant discrimination against males uh, in the uh, U.S. teaching profession? People say, oh, well, you see, but, but, but you see, males just don't want to become teachers. And, and therefore, there's no discrimination. It's just the choice of males. But of course, if there's one percentage point down for women in any particular male-dominated occupation, it's because of rampant sexism in that industry that's keeping men out. And we need mentors, and we need affirmative action for women, and we need hiring programs, and we need massive ad campaigns, and we need targeted hiring. And uh, yes, But you see, if there's way fewer men in teaching, well, that's just because men don't want to do it, see? And, and it's their fault. Oh. You know you're dealing with a leftist when none of the arguments makes any sense at all. But we'll get to Jimmy Kimmel in the next video. Now, in a Philly district, school district, half the teachers are white females. About 20% are black females. Another 20% are white males and less than 5% are black males, 3% Latino, 2% Asian. So, yeah, that's uh, quite a lot there uh, that's going on, right? So we have... Uh, <sighs> 50% uh, white females, 20% black females. So that's 70 to 1. And only 5% are black males. So 
That is uh, pretty nutty stuff. Now, 82% of Philly students are economically disadvantaged, which, of course, is highly related to uh, single motherhood and all that kind of stuff. Now, as of 2013, 40% of blacks, only 40% of blacks in the Philly school system are proficient in the Pennsylvania System for School Assessment, or PSSA. Now, 40%. Um, that's, that's terrible. <laughs> I mean, that's terrible. And you know that a lot of this is promotion based upon tweaking the books, just based upon what's happened in other school districts in America. So despite the fact <clears throat> that only 40% of blacks are proficient in a fairly low-grade standardized test, well, as of 2012, over 9,400 teachers, but only 42 of the 9,400 were, re- were deemed unsatisfactory. It's just a binary scale, satisfactory and unsatisfactory. So, you know, that's kind of the way that it works. Let's say that you have um, 9,400 workers who are trying to put out, I don't know, toilets. And only 40% of the toilets flush, but of those 9,400 workers, only 42 are unsatisfactory. Now, boys are doing badly in schools, and this is a phenomenon that is occurring throughout the West. And the reason for that is complex and not. (laughs) So the reason for that has a lot to do with female bias against male uh, students, which is rampant and horrifying, and of course not spoke of, spoken of because apparently the patriarchy just doesn't protect its own. Come on, we all know it's a matriarchy. Who's kidding who? So the uh, answer as to why boys are doing so badly in schools is pretty well understood. So the college enrollment gender gap, right, when men stopped going to college as much and women started going more, well, uh, coincidentally, uh, it began to emerge about, ooh, let's see, 18 years after the massive growth in single mom households, or as it was called in a study, the beginning of major population shifts in family structure, because you can't, you can't say what is, is, just the way it is. Depends what the definition of is, is. It's another factor of the left. They simply refuse to call things by their proper names. So researchers compared non-marital birth rates, right, boys and girls born out of wedlock from 1948 to 1993, and the gender differences in college enrollment from 1966 to 2011. They discovered, and I quote, a near perfect linear relationship between changes in the two measures. Quote, the higher the non-marital birth rate grew, the lower the ratio of males to females enrolled in college became as each birth cohort reached age 18. That's right. Single motherhood dumbs boys down. It is an environmental toxin to male emotional and mental development. But we can't talk about it because male privilege, of course, so privileged. Now, this has to do, to some degree, with testosterone levels. Now, testosterone is mistakenly thought to promote aggression, but it actually promotes emotional self-regulation. It's one of the reasons why women tend to experience wider swaths of emotional um, intensities than, than men. Now, a boy's testosterone levels are not inherited genetically. They are determined. They are programmed by environmental factors, and that has a lot to do with early environmental factors. And this is a mother-son bond before and after birth. And this is well understood that uh, low testosterone levels result in more uncontrollable aggression on the part of boys. 
I mean, you just look back at the male heroes of the 1950s and the 1960s, you know, the Humphrey Bogarts and the Gregory Pecks and so on, very stoic and solid and strong and, uh, well, I guess Trumpy, which is one of the reasons why the leftists hate him so much, because they can't reproduce that kind of masculinity in their own um, fecund environment and laboratory of single motherhood. So even back in 1996, the researcher said, and I quote, the presence or absence of father was related to the cortisol and testosterone levels of boys, but not girls. As adults, father absent men had higher cortisol levels and lower testosterone levels than their father present peers. I just want to understand this, right? You really got to get this. If you grow up without a father as a boy, you're going to have higher cortisol levels. Those are stress hormones, which are related to significantly ill health effects as an adult, like continuing sustained high levels of cortisol. So you have higher cortisol levels, higher stress levels, also uh, related to being circumcised. In other, in other words, having a third of your penis skin uh, sawn off uh, virtually without anesthetic or completely without anesthetic, which produces higher cortisol levels even six months after the fact, as you would imagine. Can you imagine the number of rats that would need to gnaw at your penis to produce that kind of outcome? You think you're going to die? Well, that's going to raise your cortisol levels just a smidge. So if you grow up without a father, higher cortisol levels, higher stress hormones, and lower levels of testosterone. The researcher said, and I quote, the endocrine profile of father absent men suggests chronically high stress levels, which can significantly increase the risk for a number of physical disorders. In all, it was concluded that the, quote, early family environment has significant effects on endocrine response throughout the male life histories. So if you understand all of this, then you can understand what happened in Philly last night. You understand? These are people who've grown up without male role models who don't know how to celebrate. You know, male testosterone has been declining enormously, significantly, and there are environmental factors. In fact, they're almost all environmental really associated with that. But one of the big ones that's not spoken about is single motherhood. Uh, destroys masculinity. So if you look at what happened last night, these are boys without emotional self-regulation, young men, and of course, some young women as well without emotional self-regulation. Boys are harmed significantly by single mother households and environments, which are 60 plus percent in Philadelphia. Girls are not harmed quite as much in that way, although they do end up without fathers around um, having menstrual cycles start earlier, and menses starts earlier in those girls, and those girls have a much higher tendency towards promiscuity. So when you take the father out of the equation, the father is the linchpin that holds social control and civilization together. And if you take that out of the environment, it is particularly harsh. And of course, as I've talked about on the show many times before, if you have a man in the household who is not genetically related to the children in the household, the man is over 30 times more likely to abuse those children. And that's just basic biology, right? You want to control or get rid of of another man's spawn. If you look at when a a male lion takes over a pride, first thing he does is harm or kill or drive off uh, the male, the cubs, particularly the male cubs. Eliminate competition. We're still mammals, people. It's funny how the left accepts evolution but denies those evolutionary standards. So when you see this chaos, when you see this acting out, when you see this absolute excess of emotion and complete lack of self-restraint. Well, you, it would be fascinating to get these testosterone levels checked. It would be fascinating to get these cortisol level levels checked. These are hysterical men. And why are they hysterical? Well, because, uh, largely because they've been raised by women. They've been raised by women 
in the home. They've been raised by women in the neighborhood. They've been raised by women in the daycares. They've been raised by women in the primary schools. It's female, 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 female everywhere. And it's all or almost all government sponsored and government paid for. Gynocracy or the rule of women is a government program. It does not occur in nature. It requires massive subsidies like slavery is a government program. Slavery does not occur without the government taxing everyone and forcing everyone to hunt for slaves and to enforce the slave contracts and to capture slaves and return the slaves. It's a massive government program. Gynocracy, the rule of women, is a government program and it's producing all the same results as all other government programs, which is a massive uh, disaster and an unsustainable disaster as well. So what we see in Philadelphia is not an excess of masculinity. It is a state-sponsored dictatorship of femininity. Dare I call it a dictatorship? I dare. I dare because my T-levels are good. But last thing I wanted to mention is why? Why would all of this occur? Why would father absence promote higher levels of stress and lower levels of testosterone? Well, the answer to that is quite simple. Think evolutionarily speaking. Forget the welfare state. Let's rewind back in time. What happened? How did we evolve? Well, that is quite simple. If there were no fathers around in the tribe, what did that mean? That meant that society, the tribe, the environment, was a state of war. You understand? It was a state of war. Boys are programmed to be more aggressive, less attentive, more reactive, more acting out, which is exactly what we saw in Philadelphia. Because father absence indicates a state of extreme social conflict, right? Father absence. Like, even, even the lack of an individual father might mean some sort of collective Hillary Clinton, it takes a village scenario where the children are raised collectively. But if there's general father absence, the male body responds to that as a cue that there is massive bloodshed going on. Because the only reason why males would be absent in a tribe would be the result of war. I mean, if it was disease, it would wipe out parents usually equally, but it was war. So father absence primes boys for war. So if you're interested in war, you don't care that much about long-term gratification. You don't really care that much about the deferral of gratification. Why would you care about education? If you're, why do you have the fight or flight response constantly going? Because war could happen anytime. Why do you want to have sex young? And why do you want to spread your seed? Because you have no way of knowing if you're going to be around to raise them because war, 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 war. The dogs of war are let slip in your head. The hormones coast. The tsunami of blood that you must fight against that imminently is going to be imposed. You don't pair bond. You don't plan for the future. You don't get and keep a job. You don't care. You act out. You focus on physical swagger. We become more primitive in the absence of fatherhood because the absence of fathers tells our bodies that we are in a very primitive situation and environment. So when you see things like Philly, I really want you to understand, right? That's the tip of the rock I talked about at the beginning. This is the deep dive. This is where it all comes from. When we alter family structures through coercion, through force, through oligarchical, collectivist, hierarchical violence of the state, 
forcibly stripping resources at the point of a gun from certain groups and giving it to other groups. We change the fundamental genetics. We change what it is to be a human in our society. It is not the transfer of resources. It is the shifting of gene sets. And so when you look at this wild acting out, this brutality, this lack of regard for consequences, this hair-trigger, self-immolating reactiveness, the people climbing up on, on the entrances to hotels until they collapse, people wandering through traffic, men hanging off poles and falling down and so on. Well, that is a fundamental spend my life like a bent penny situation that comes from father absence. When you look at Philadelphia and you look at the riots, and this happens, and is going to happen with increasing frequency over time, these are feminized men who are in war mode. Now, I hope that it's not coming. The war that their bodies are ready for. But all the current indications are that it is.